I'm Dr. Daryl Ray, and I took a left at the valley, and the party was really good. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists, you know. We don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud of being an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Coming at you from the last death metal concert, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and sometimes I talk to myself in unfamiliar languages just to screw my subconscious. Joining me as usual is the team that won the award for laziness. We just need to send someone to pick it up for us now. <laughs> Some guy asked her to make him a zombie, and she replied, life beat her to it, Nancy. <laughs> Sounds like me. <laughs> she hasn't spoken to her fiance in two weeks. She didn't want to interrupt her. Christina. <laughs> yep. And she wishes she was an octopus so she could slap eight people at once. Kirsten. Sometimes, yes. <laughs> Especially when you're in work. Welcome back. Welcome back. Hope you had a great week. Hey, you know what, guys? We have a guest with us. We do. Woo-hoo. My God. We have Nick, friend of the show, Nick. <laughs> Hi there. Hey, hey, how you doing, buddy? Yeah. Good, good. How are you? Good, good. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm not being afraid. Well, thank you. You did sign the waiver, right? I think so. <laughs> <laughs> the comments of Nick and what happens here today are not specific. Nick is my personal trainer. He's the one who puts me through all the pain and torture during the week. Oh, and he loves it. Wow. Yep. So you can't take credit for that mag- magnificent physique all by magnificent yourself. Magnificent physique? Wow, you flatter me, madam. <laughs> you certainly flatter me. <laughs> okay, so today we're going to be talking to his rawness, Arn Raw. Mm, can't wait for that. Day. Absolutely. This no, is. So if you don't know who Arn Raw is and you're an atheist, you need to go do your homework because, frankly, the man is fantastic. Uh, but first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Okay. Well, did you guys hear? That's it. There are trade wars between Canada and the U.S. Oh, oh. oh yeah. Every time you think there can't be a new low, there's no bottom. To oh, this. that's right. So there's Trump no announced bottom. a 25% tariff on steel and 10% on aluminum. So Canada decided to impose dollar for dollar on everything from steel products to maple syrup, which apparently is equivalent to about $16.6 billion. Um... This is not going to end well. No. There's no, I mean, there's no way that any of it can put either country in a in a better position or it, it'll be more prosperous this is just everybody's going to end up every, paying everybody everybody's going to suffer with this one yeah uh, the the Canadian government basically said this is a strong Canadian action in response to a very bad US decision and that was by foreign minister Christia Freeland uh, steel production sold to the US is about 45% of all, everything we produce here in the Canada is actually sold to the US. This is about 13 billion tons a year, and the, the revenue is about $14 billion, and it creates about 120,000 jobs, mostly of them in Ontario. When it comes to aluminum, we usually sell to the Americas of 3.2 million tons a year, which is the equivalent of $12 billion and creates about 30,000 jobs. 80% of the production is to the U.S., uh, of what we produce here, the aluminum goes to the U.S., and it's mostly produced in Quebec and B.C. Well, I was listening to CBC, and there was a, 
fellow on who had initially been part, it was Canadian, who was initially part of the, the NAFTA. Mm-hmm. And he said, not only is this disastrous, but it's a complete headache for oh. anybody who is going to have to figure out the taxes in, um, in the products that are sold, because how much steel does a car have? How much aluminum? Exactly. If you have an air conditioner, how much is there steel? How much percentage of aluminum? Oh, and it's, it's going, going to be, to be I mean, it, it, if it, if you, you couldn't have designed a more disastrous program if you wanted to design one that would fail. And it's so completely unnecessary, too. I mean, I can understand if the U.S. want to go after China with trade wars like that. Why go after your allies? Why go after Canada and Mexico and the European Union? That is that does not make sense. It doesn't because no. don't the ter- aren't the tariffs generally I'm talking like I know what I'm saying, but the the tariffs are generally based on whether or not a country poses a um, a danger, a, a threat. A, a national threat. Um, yes, I mean, that and is, no. that's part of it. I thought. Yeah, it is part of it, but it's also the idea that you know uh, they're, they're always trying to level the playing field from country to country. And see yeah. if there are subsidies in some markets, for example. There's always a huge dispute in agriculture here in Canada because of that, because they think that we subsidize our farmers, and the U.S. farmers are saying, you know, this is unfair advantage against us, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And a lot of people are saying these tariffs are basically leveled to aim at that. You know, impose a big tariff and then go really after what you really want, and apparently that would be in the agricultural market. Maybe, but I understand from what Trudeau said that the U.S. has a has an enormous <laughs> surplus yeah. in terms of trade, so it makes no sense. On, no, it, on it makes absolutely level. no sense. No. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, buckle up. Yeah, buckle up, because everything's going to cost more all of a sudden. Yeah. Um, did you guys hear about Roseanne Barr? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So her show was canceled by ABC. After she tweeted some racist, uh, she had a, a, a racist tweet about a former Obama advisor, Valerie Jarrett. Now I don't know who Valerie Jarrett is, uh, but she, she says goes right back with Obama. She and Obama were either in college together or they were buddies and they worked together. Um, I think in the Chicago area when he was doing um, some community work, and they just uh, you know kind of pulled each other along, and, and finally he made her one of he. He made her one of his advisors. Mm, okay. It was just thought it was weird. And uh, she said she was sorry. And uh, she said that she did this while she was on Ambient, uh, the, the, the drug, the medication. And she was tweeting at 2 a.m. Now, Sanofi US, uh, which is the maker of Ambient, replied on a tweet, quote, While all pharmaceutical treatments have side effects, racism isn't a known side effect of any Sanofi medication. <laughs> Boom! Ouch! I know, perfect. Yeah, yeah. So it was a <laughs> rough, rough week for Roseanne Barr. And, you know, it's, it's so funny because she's gone, I don't know, off the deep end, it seems. Um, this is a great story. I've got a great story here. Did you guys hear about this migrant from Mali? He's a 22-year-old man uh, called Mamudu Gassama. And they dubbed him... The Spider-Man. Yeah, I, I saw this. This is a guy because he he climbed five floors on a ba- from balcony to balcony to save a four-year-old that was dangling off the fifth floor in Paris. Did you see the video? I saw the video, oh yes. Oh, my God. And due to his heroism, he actually met the president, President Macron, and uh, and then he was told that he was applying to, uh, to become a French citizen, that he would become a citizen and was offered a job as a firefighter if he wants it. Yeah, I saw that. 
What a great, great story. Oh, it was. It's unbelievable to see him scale all of those balconies. Everybody's just screaming downstairs. he, He was going up like he had practiced for years. I mean, every movement that he made, he was so sure. Oh, yes, absolutely. But he grabbed on, and here this poor kid was being dangled by somebody at the top, and it was horrific, but he was, it, I mean, you had to hold your breath. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he, he, and he got the kid, and it was it was, uh, it was was fantastic to see that, and he was doing, you would have loved that, Nate, because he was doing some perfect chin-ups with that, you know, grab on top and just lift himself. He would have just loved yeah. that. Yeah. Some great chin-ups. Okay, and uh, last but certainly not least, uh, turns out the uh, Canada decided to buy the uh, Kinder Morgan pipeline for $4.5 billion. Now, Kinder Morgan had given uh, a deadline of May 31st, and uh, the government had offered some indemnities. And then all of a sudden, the government comes out and says, hey, you know what? (laughs) We just decided to buy the pipeline instead. Um, I think that Kinder Morgan just threw a fast one right past the government on this. I think Kinder Morgan knew that this pipeline was just not going to work very well. And uh, some sources estimate the pipeline to only be worth $500 million to $1 billion. They sold it for $4.5. Ouch. And it's going to cost them like a total $12 billion to build. Well, yeah, that's the, that's that, that price is just the current Ridiculous. pipeline as it is. Yeah. And it's not so the, ex, the expansion. It's not the twinning. It's not anything like that. Now we're can, the Canadian government is in the oil business, apparently. Yeah, I don't think too many Canadians are in favor of it. From Well, it, it depends where you ask, right? If you're asking yeah. this question in Alberta, yeah, they're oh, totally yeah. in favor of this. You're asking this question here in BC, I think a lot of people are not in favor of it. Well, so. those, are, those are the polls that I've been listening to. It's mostly the, B, mm-hmm. the BC polls. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So it's anyway, it's going to be interesting to see where our government is going to head with this. Okay, perfect. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I do. It's a top nine, but that's okay. It's oh, i got to change my music now. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's the top, today's the top nine. <laughs> but, but they're good ones. It's always quality rather than quantity. All right. Since it's the first of the month, um, we uh, are going to do uh, what's going to become a tradition. We're going to do the top ten monthly holidays. And Ooh. this year, this month, I found nine of them. So There are nine this, holidays in this month, Yeah, right? th- this is... This is the monthly holidays that you can use for a variety of reasons. If you're meeting somebody new and you can't think of something to say, <laughs> you can say, guess what? This is such and such month. You know, they're, they're really good. And they're, they're, they're fillers for just a lot of things. Besides, they're really fun. If you want to just have a fun topic with people that you know. I totally agree with that. Here we go. Yesterday okay. was International Donut Day and nobody told me. That's right. And the problem with International oh, Days is once you've missed that day, it's hard to say. Do you know that three days ago was Donut Well, who cares? Yeah. But when you have the whole month to oh. celebrate, that's the beauty of top ten monthly holidays. Okay. Okay. Now, the first one in June is beautiful. Oh, these are real holidays, by the way. I, mean, I, well, I sure hope day. so. Okay. Need you to give the us first some fake one, holidays. The first one, beautiful in your skin month. <laughs> this is really nice. That I'm getting all these blanks. <laughs> Which is great because you can use it. Do you know that this is beautiful in, in your, your skin, skin month? And then you can talk about the react. Well, why aren't you excited about it? You can start a whole new conversation. Be just, I'm not getting anywhere with this one. Okay. <laughs> the second one is 
Celibacy Awareness Month. <laughs> this is really great, don't you think? I mean, do you realize it's Celibacy Awareness Month? Actually, there are actually many... more single people now than couples. That's right, and it's becoming... Um, just because you're single doesn't mean you need to be celibate. <laughs> oh, okay, well, sure. want to look at that way, sure. Okay, the third one is Fashion in Colonial Virginia Month. That's for people who really are into fashion and want to celebrate something different. You can wear, you know, the hoop skirt and you can have the fan going. And mm-hmm. oh man, I don't know whether I'm going to continue with this or not. <laughs> <laughs> sounded like it sounded really good when I was doing. Okay, the uh, the next one is International Surf Music Month. There we Ooh. go, surf music. <laughs> and it's I didn't some, know that was a genre. <laughs> it's a, it's a thing. It's International Surf Music Month. Um, um, the the next one is June is Lane Courtesy Month. So if you're driving your car, you can you know smile at the person in the okay. next lane and be be friendly. And if they try to cut you off, you yeah, exactly. You, you, you do you do realize you live in BC, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> BC drivers are insane. And and how about this one? It's Potty Training Awareness Month. <laughs> not, not particularly an adult holiday, but those parents and children that, you know, want to celebrate something at their level, that's great. Um, turkey Lovers Month, which I thought was really strange because it's June, June? and you'd think the Turkey Lovers Month would be October. in October. Well, it November. might be because people that love turkeys, they might like them alive. That's true. <laughs> kind of turkey-loving month. Thanksgiving might be really sad for them. That, that's true. <laughs> And this is Turkey Turkey Lovers Month, so you can you know take a turkey home to cuddle, I guess <laughs> if you if you wanted to, and put a little bow around its neck and celebrate its life. I think that's great. Oh my goodness! Also, Adorable. it's World Naked Bike Ride Month. Oh yes, oh, I heard yeah. about this. Yeah, and there <laughs> there are about forty or fifty uh, inter- rides internationally. There's one in Vancouver. There's one in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there is, and there's one in Bellingham, which is just that's how I got here today. Pardon? That's how I got here today. We're <laughs> at your house. <laughs> and the last, the last one of this total holiday winners that I have chosen for all of you is World Sponge Month. <laughs> but I don't know. I didn't know whether or not it was sponging off of people or sponge, sponge. you know, like a like a cellulose sponge or whether it's like sponge diving. So I, you get, there's a triple holiday. Whatever there. sponge it's, you would like, it is your month. That's right. Whatever kind of sponge or spongy month. <laughs> hey, for number 10, it's Pride Month. That's right. <laughs> there. Got your number 10. Thank That's you. Number 10. I knew I could rely on you guys. Okie dokie. And there's your terrific top nine and a half for the month. And I hope you take at least one of those and use them to have fun. Go hug a turkey. Go hug a turkey. That's right. I don't know. You you start the month with the uh, the, uh, nice uh, feeling good in your skin. Yeah, beautiful in your skin. With the sponge. and And the sponge. I don't know. Nick, anybody told you you get a great skin? Nope. Nope. (laughs) Great skin, man. Oh, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Nick and I are getting really intimate here. Just a little bit. Just as long as he doesn't tell you to put the lotion in the basket. (laughs) (laughs) I like your skin. (laughs) He's about to get married. I can throw with him just now. (laughs) Well, I I guess beautiful in your skin is better than beautiful out of your skin. I guess so. Everything is is in context, right? (laughs) 
Uh, all right. Don't feel too bad there, buddy. <laughs> you know, I, before we uh, do the uh, segment that, that we uh, do for uh, for Kirsten of uh, doing another brilliant moment, I want to try something else that we haven't done in quite a while. So this is... We haven't done this. It has been a long time. And I thought I'd bring a couple of stories. Now, did you guys hear the story about Kara Kosinski? She just wanted a nice dessert for her son's graduation party. Okay. And what she she ordered a cake from a public store, right? So what she received was a cake that's that promptly was a totally embarrassment because <gasps> she wrote, she wanted the cake to say um, <laughs> where is the cake was supposed to say congratulations Jacob and he graduated summa cum laude oh I, right? I know it's coming and she received the cake summa dash 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 laude because they didn't want to spell cum or cum <laughs> because they wanted the are these people stupid that they don't know what that means? Well, for people that might not know, cum laude is the Latin term that translates with honor in English. Magna cum laude, that we hear a lot, means with great honor. When you have summa cum laude, it means with greatest honor. So this kid is absolutely brilliant, obviously. He graduated summa cum laude. He's top of his class. <laughs> the freaking store can't even write cum. <laughs> Oh. I would go back and be like, I'm not paying for this. <laughs> like, you guys need to get your heads out of the gutters. <laughs> oh. the, the least they could have done was to call and say, we have a question about, you know, the cake. Yeah. <laughs> that maybe, that's, it, be it, professional that's so about it. How stupid. Can, summa cum laude or magna cum laude is not something that's a really obscure reference that nobody's ever heard of. Well, it was in this store. Apparently in this store it was. <laughs> So anyway, so <laughs> she had to, she spoke to the manager for a refund. She wrote, "Shame on you, Publix, the, which is the uh, franchise uh, in in the states that we don't have here in Canada, for turning an innocent Latin phrase into a total embarrassment, and for me having to explain to my son and others, including my seventy year old mother, about the joke on a cake." Uh, <laughs> it seems the U.S. are looking more and more prudish, uh, like a theocracy every day, aren't they? Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the, the, the practical thing is, why didn't, and this is so silly, but why didn't she look at the cake before she took it out of the store to make sure it was It okay? might have been in a box, like, because like I know Dairy Queen, like, you can see through the lid, but it might have been one that and you oh, couldn't see. Also, you know, usually when you receive a cake, like, when you get a cake like that, you usually pick it up the day of, right? Because, you know, I mean, maybe it was too late to change something on it. Maybe she hadn't noticed until they opened the box. You know, usually... You accept that. Okay, here's your cake. Oh, great. You know, you don't usually check. Oh, anyway, that was a funny story. Yeah, cute story. I have another story here. I, I kind of wonder how you people feel about it. There's a... Uh, remember uh, Charlie Hebdo? Yeah. Uh, there's a, uh, a, a girl named Mariam Pujitou. She's a leader of a student union in Paris uh, Sorbonne University. And they call her the latest victim of Islam uh, Islamophobic hate. Um... Because she's Muslim, she's a 19-year-old student, and uh, she she's talking about uh, she wears the hijab, right? And she says she, she's met with intense hate outline, not for her views, but merely because she wears the hijab. Now France has been having an issue with that, and um, they, they say, a lot of people are talking. Uh, they're saying they're criticizing her attire and say basically her choice of wearing the hijab is more of a provocation 
than anything else. But the the, the magazine Charlie Hebdo um, did a uh, essentially put her on the cover of the magazine. Now I'm going to show you a picture here, and I want you guys to. I'm going to pass this around. Tell me what's wrong with this picture. Do you think it's really that bad? <clears throat> now you can see it's a caricature of her, right? Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a caricature. It's not a flattering caricature of her. But for some reason, <laughs> I, and, and and the reason I, I don't want to say what the, the, the people have uh, been accusing Charlie Hebdo of doing is because they're calling Charlie Hebdo using that picture or that drawing and depicting her as a monkey. Do you guys see that in that picture? Or am I the only one who doesn't see I, that? I can see it. I, I can see how they would. No, but if I had not said monkey right now, would you eat, would that be your first thought that she looks like a monkey on this? I, I mean, she's got exaggerated trait, of course, like a caricature is. They put her the, the buck tooth and. The, the I think it's grotesque. I mean, it's it, it, it's offensive to me because it's so grotesque. Not yeah. offensive. Mm-hmm. But, but does she grotesque. actually look like a monkey on this? Not at all. I don't think so. Well, I think grotesque is grotesque, but. Yeah, I definitely think without you saying that, I might not have thought monkey at first. Yeah, he, I actually thought monkey right away. But really? I, can def- yeah. I can see it really how it can really. That's interesting because I I didn't see that at all because I saw this and said, well, okay, it's obviously unflattering and it's obviously a caricature. But monkey, I don't know. I think it's it's taping a, a step too far. But apparently, well, you know, there there's been so much on the internet lately about things that people see differently and hear differently mm-hmm. that it's easy to understand why uh, a certain percentage of people would relate that to to a monkey and some of the people weren't. I mean, it's just perception. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So I, I just thought I'd quickly... But it's grotesque anyway. All right, so let's move on to another brilliant moment. Brought to you by religion. All right, first up here, guys, Jesus is real. <gasps> I knew it! Stopped I knew it. a runaway truck in Ontario, possibly saving lives in the process. Hey, you know what? A couple months ago, we had Jesus escaping a car in Tennessee, and now he's in Ontario? Yeah, he's in Ontario now. He moves around. <laughs> Turns out, he really does save. Just not for the reasons that Christians keep telling us. In Hamilton, Ontario, a truck that was unable to stop at an intersection swerved onto a sidewalk to avoid hitting pedestrians. And oh, crashed. Lord, swerve onto a sidewalk? Onto a sidewalk. To avoid pedestrians. Yep. Where the hell were these they, people walking? They were probably crossing the street. Oh. <laughs> and he crashed into a bench with a statue of homeless Jesus on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's amazing. These statues were created by an Ontario artist and they're on display in cities around the world. It's a good thing that the driver took that action. Investigators say if the truck had continued, it would have headed into oncoming westbound traffic and pedestrians. No one was injured except Jesus, who was once again sacrificed for the greater good. You know what? I think, we, I think we should start a new sect of Christianity, but instead of having a cross, people just have a, a truck smushing Jesus <laughs> around their it. neck. <laughs> it's a miracle. After three days, he was rebuilt and recasted, and he's there. <laughs> Wait a minute, I think you just started a new cult. I know, I know, it's a new denomination. There's already 44,000, so yeah, I mean, exactly. what's one more? Hey, now we can make we can make money on the jewelry, though. We can we cast... totally good. Yeah. Yeah. And you can cast the jewelry from truck parts. A thousand ways to die for Jesus. Yeah. Oh, oh that's a new TV show right there, Kevin. Ah, that, I totally love that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> All right. Preacher 22. 
clarifies he only wants gays executed humanely. Oh my god. Humanely. Humane execution. (laughs) A Christian preacher has claimed he wants gay people killed, but only if it is done as humanely as possible. Matt Powell, a 22-year-old religious activist. He's 22. He's 22. He's the same age as us, Kevin. Oh, uh, yeah. The same age as me and Christina. And you, Kevin. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Has said he believes we should follow the Bible on dealing with the LGBTI community. He thinks homosexuality is disgusting and the government should execute them. Kill gays humanely. Does he explain humanely? Not by humans. <laughs> yes, by humans. There we go. <laughs> oh my god! Really, humanely. Well, so-, so no hanging, no stoning. What? Didn't he say follow the Bible? The Bible yep, very yep, specifically yep. says you have to stone the gay. You're right. It does say that. It does say that. So maybe what you should do is bring your local gay person to your veterinarian. <laughs> And cuddle them and say you love them while they inject them and they just... (gasps) Just love them to death. Love them to death. That's right. The humane way. Appearing on a webcast with atheist YouTuber Skylar Fiction, they spoke about homosexuality. As far as homosexuality goes, I believe the Bible puts the death penalty on it, Powell said. I believe it's disgusting and incidentally, every scientific test has come back and said that homosexuals are 50 times more likely to get AIDS. We got this AIDS thing spreading. It's a fact that this is the case. I just love it when they say it's a fact. Yep. (laughs) Skylar asks, you don't believe that gay people should be stoned to death, do you? I believe the Bible puts the death penalty on it, Powell replied. Obviously not by me or anybody in a regular society. Obviously. (laughs) I believe it's the government's job to execute criminals. I believe that the Bible says clearly that homosexuality is a criminal crime. Okay, it's hold on. Hold on a second. This guy, this guy is not—he's not only an idiot, but he's also disingenuous because he obviously read the Bible. He obviously read he should be stoned. Yeah, totally. And he says we should follow the Bible. And when he's asked if they should be stoned, he just avoids the answer and starts repeating. We, we think we—I think we should be uh, putting yeah. him to death. So this yeah. guy is obviously a hate film asshole. And basically, like, the regular people don't do it. The government should be the one dealing with this. Deal with it like criminals. Well, you know the government is so good at throwing stones. Oh, yes. It'd be great. Stoning by the government. (laughs) Probably, like, have three months of bureaucracy. (laughs) Probably miss most of the time. Probably. Probably charge you for rocks. (laughs) (laughs) Is that what you're advocating for? Skylar responded. That our government should stone gays to death to execute them? You can't say the word humane and then kill people. Powell then said he believes in humane executions. <laughs> By whatever means they execute people, and obviously I believe in humane, you know, putting to death, the 22-year-old said. Skyler then said, you can't say the word humane and then kill people who are gay. Later in the interview, Powell said he believed disobedient children should also be put to death. <laughs> yeah, okay. I mean, pretty, <laughs> pretty soon he's going to move on to people who wear mixed Yeah, I was about I, to say, mixed fa- I, if he, if I he wears mixed fabric, he should be fabrics. stoned. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, I, it, by next week, it's going to be people who are wearing mixed I just want his parents to come up to him and be like, you have disobeyed me. <laughs> That's I will right. kill you now. <laughs> Take you to the door at the elders' villi- at the uh, with um, the elders and yep. have you stoned. Did he eat shrimp? 
Yeah. Should be stoned for that too. Did he no, shave? No, you know what? He's probably wearing like a polo shirt. So I'm pretty sure he's already wearing. I'm pretty sure I saw a picture of this guy, and he's pretty clean cut. You know, he should be having a full size beard and everything. Well, no, too, but if he's wearing fiber. mixed fabric, then he should be killed. Yeah, no, that's next. Humanely thing. though. Humanely. Yes, yes humanely. <laughs> should be smothered with his own shirt. <laughs> Slowly but surely. Despite receiving some heavy, heavy criticism, Powell is not interested in, a, in an apology. I do not take back any of those statements. I mean what I said. You can all say I'm a crazy idiot. I just believe the Bible. Yeah, you're a crazy idiot. And that, hopefully, was your 15 minutes of fame, and we'll never hear from you again, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) All right. Are you ready for this one, Kevin? Yes. (laughs) Lay it on me. Televangelist Duplantis, God says I need a $54 million jet. Now that one that one makes sense because I want to be a televangelist and I need a fifty-four million dollar home. Oh with okay. the jet. I mean it's, I just it's, want fifty-four million dollars. Or the money. Well, Either first of one. all, I, I, I don't want to play devil's advocate here, but you know, I totally understand this man because have you ever tried to pray to Jesus in Air Canada? It sucks! <laughs> you know, there's always a baby crying behind you, you can't That's figure right. out where you are in your Hail Mary. It really, really sucks. <laughs> yeah. So no. you need your own private jet, and with your private jet, maybe you can fly a bit higher, reach heaven a bit closer, you know. Maybe leave our maybe leave our atmosphere. Yeah, that yeah, would maybe. Be nice. <laughs> maybe prove that the Go to is flat, I, 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 think, I, I think he's on to something. He's on to something. I think yeah. I'm behind this guy. So maybe we should go GoFundMe, buy him the freaking yeah. jet, and just send him into outer space. <laughs> oh yes. So you All can right. go visit your god and never return. <laughs> <laughs> Prosperity gospel televangelist Jesse Duplantis says God told him he needs a $54 million jet because if Jesus was on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. <laughs> yeah, he would. <laughs> I can see Jesus in an old beat-up Chevette. Yes. <laughs> totally. He wouldn't be having his own private jet. Everyone would look at him, at him and be like, you're a stoner, right? That's <laughs> <laughs> it's a Westphalia. It's a minivan. It's a hippie van. Yes. <laughs> Big cloud of smoke. No, just, no, hey, it's, dude. It's one of those... It's one of those news. painted ones. <laughs> With the flower, the big flowers, the daffodil in the front. Yes. Man, let me tell you about the good news. <laughs> oh my name my is God. Jesus, and I love you, man. <laughs> All right. In a recent video, he explains that God told him he needs a new jet. In particular, God says Duplantis needs a Dassault Falcon 7X, a three-engine private jet capable of carrying 12 to 16 passengers at speeds up to 700 miles per hour. Thou shall have a Falcon 7X. The Falcon 7X has a range of almost 6,000 miles and costs about $54 million new. If he gets his new jet, it would be the fourth plane owned by Jesse Duplantis Ministries. Who wants to bet that this was actually a crafty salesman who just used a deep voice and told oh, the guy, totally. this is God, you need to buy a Falcon D7X. You think? <laughs> God, is that you? No, I'm just I'm just impressed that God is so up on the new types of jets. Oh, yeah. It right? might be that specific. It's you know, very you better specific. not get one that's like a 15 passenger jet. No, no, no. no. no, no. It has to, how many passenger jets? 12 to 16. 12 to 16. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just it makes sense. God doesn't God like Boeing. God is all-knowing. God doesn't all like seen. Boeing. He prefers Airbus, probably. That's right. Yeah. I totally get that. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> it has to be true. It's so specific. It has to be true. I know, right? Like, you, 
You can't you deny can't that, that, no, that no, specific of a statement. No, you can't. When he appeared in a video on This Week with Jesse, he made a fundraising appeal for his new jet, declaring, you know I've owned three different jets in my life and, oh my used, God. Them and <laughs> used them and just burning them up for the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> now some people believe that preachers shouldn't have jets. I really believe that preachers ought to go on every available voice, every available outlet to get this gospel preached to the world. The fact, what's more ridiculous is not the fact that he's asking for a $54 million jet, and the fact that he's already had three of them, yep. and people are still stupid enough to give him money for a fourth one. <laughs> that is absolutely mind-boggling. Oh, God, what's... Oh, well, he's got a trend started, and, and I guess the pilot has got the uniform that says, burning them up for the Lord, right? <laughs> With the epilepsy. I mean, that's, I think it's great. And I could, we could be, I could be a stewardess burning them up for the there Lord. There we go. You know, we're in the wrong business. Instead of doing this podcast crap, we should just go into prosperity gospel. There you go. I'm, I'm tempted now. I see the light all of a sudden. Oh, I see the light. I'm tempted. Jesus spoke to me. You need a Lamborghini. <laughs> he continued, if Jesus was physically on the earth today, he wouldn't be riding a donkey. Think about that for a minute. He'd oh. be on an airplane preaching the gospel all over the world. If Jesus was on this earth today riding a donkey in the United States, he'd probably be get beaten up by cops to begin with. <laughs> probably. Well, especially because he'd be Middle Eastern. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he'd be Middle Eastern. Then he'd be uh, te- teleported or ISIS would come and grab him. Oh, no, not ISIS. Ice. <laughs> ice. Yeah. ice would come and grab him and deport him back to Jerusalem. <laughs> all right. Duplantis is known for preaching the controversial prosperity gospel, an immoral but popular method of relieving Christians of their hard-earned cash, a method used by many, if not all, televangelists. The prosperity gospel, or prosperity theology, is a popular Christian doctrine that promotes the idea that financial donations to Christian ministries will always increase the faithful's material wealth. The message is stupid but simple. Money is a seed, and if you give money to the supposed messenger of God, in this case to Plantis, your seed investment will be returned to you by your imaginary God in a harvest of cash. That to me is just amazing that this actually works. Makes sense um, to me. What you what, What's the problem? Well, it, it tells me that in America, they don't really worship Jesus. They worship money. Yeah. Right? And the fact that you, you can actually tell people to give this pastor your money so he can have a private jet and somehow miraculously it's going to come back to you tenfold it's just absolutely astounding yes but it works but it works I mean it works for the pastor if you you look back at televangelism say the last 20-25 years and you look at all of those who have given pretty much the same message maybe not for the jet but you know for the for the solid gold doghouse and things like that they've been able to for a while to be able to to get all that money it no, works no matter no matter no wonder there's so many of them now so many of these pastors these prosperity yeah. gospel pastors it's just absolutely incredible to see that happening yeah uh, in 2015 he appeared with a fellow te- televangelist Kenneth Copeland oh, where they defended their need for private jets arguing that flying commercial in this dope-filled world means they would be getting into a long tube filled with a bunch of demons. <laughs> is that exactly what I said? But, Air Canada. But if they have God on their side, then they should be taking the opportunity to fight those demons. That's right. No, Chicken. they don't want. To, they don't want to be around those riffraff. They just want the wallets that are in their pockets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, astounding! This is the world we live in. Yes, yeah. it is. Nikki, I'm usually quiet about this. Any word? 
I just am speechless. It's hilarious. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> this is the world. This is 20, 2018. This is the world we live in. Oh, thank you so much, Kirsten, for this. Um, so let's take a commercial break. And when we come back, we'll be talking to the bane of creationists everywhere. His rawness. Arn I'm so raw. excited. Don't get too excited. He's not here yet. I so know. Stay with us. Hi. I'm the Supreme Irreverend Dr. Randy Tyson from the Legion of Reason Diversion. Join me and my co-hosts, Christine Shelska, Twyla, and Nate Phelps, as we explore issues at the intersection of atheism, humanism, and skepticism. Topics range from alternative medicine to the interference of religion in public policy. We often have special guests to help us understand the topic du jour. Previous guests include biologist Jerry Coyne, ex-Muslim author Ali Rizvi, philosopher Peter Bogosian, and the late physicist Victor Stanger. You can watch us on the Legion of Reason YouTube channel or subscribe to the audio version through your favorite podcatchers such as iTunes or Stitcher. And don't forget to like the Legion of Reason Facebook page. In a world torn apart by a lack of reason... And I think it should be religion treated with ridicule and hatred and contempt. And I claim that right. In the morning. Hi, everybody. This is Robert Stanley from the Right to Reason podcast. And if you subscribe now, you'll get free. Learn more about the broadcast at therighttoreason.com. can only mean one thing it's the pain of creationists everywhere and our good friend Arn Raw Arn thank you so much for coming back to Left of the Valley my pleasure sir how y'all we're great we're great we're always fantastically enthusiastic about talking to you of course oh absolutely we've been looking forward to this for months and maybe for our newer members of the audience, like Nick here, he's a new friend, and he just, he just knows the show, he's just completely green on all this, maybe you'd be so kind to give us a quick introduction as to who Arn Roy is. Oh, okay. Well, uh, at the moment, I am Southwest Regional Director of American Atheists, and uh, of course, uh, the author of Foundational Falsehoods of Creationism, Director of the Phylogeny Explorer Project, and uh, I'm a full-time activist. And I've uh, been have been since uh, about 2014. I have a YouTube channel with uh, a little over 170,000 subscribers so far. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I do is I do presentations and videos and such promoting science, uh, uh, promoting uh, public science education advocacy, and also uh, denigrating creationist pseudoscience and other sites of uh, other kinds of. Uh, mystical woo. <laughs> cool. And have your knuckles recovered from giving that pounding to Kent Hoven? <laughs> uh, 
we, I, I didn't, I didn't feel like uh, I could fairly call it a pounding. I mean, all I, all I did was ask him the same question a whole bunch of times and try to explain to him what the question meant to have him be unable to formulate. <laughs> what any of that was but what was even going on okay well we'll probably agree that it was a good slap in the face at the very least yeah hey wake up that's what it was (laughs) (laughs) drag somebody out of a self-inflicted catatonic stupor that's (laughs) no that's the best way to put it (laughs) (laughs) we're going to talk today about uh, the differences we've seen in the past decades and you being on the forefront of the movement. But before we go into that, let's talk about your latest video that you've been putting online about uh, Bible prophecies. Give us a, a quick uh, showdown on this, what, what, what the video was all about. Well, I mean, I've, I've always heard the uh, the assertions. It, 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 the same kind of empty assertion you always get from the, the root defenders of the faith when they say that there are there's so much evidence of the global flood, and you say, well, yeah, like what? And the best they can give you is uh, is um, Wyatt's fraud. That answer even answers in Genesis says no, that's a fraud. Mm. Or you can, uh, or the the ridiculous logical fallacies that somebody comes up with, their personal subjectivity or what have you. Well, it just makes sense to me. How is this evidence of the flood? Yeah. Right. That you know, they never give you the th- the first item in the list. Nothing that actually qualifies as evidence, mm-hmm. right? And so, with uh, one of the arguments that they bring up a lot of times is they they bring up the prophecies. For whatever reason, religious believers want to think that there are prophecies in the Bible, and that somehow having prophecies fulfilled in the Bible would verify or or authenticate some way these these fables. They know under no circumstances will snakes and donkeys talk and people can't live inside fish and the sun can't stop in the sky. But they're very good at avoiding everything they don't want to think about to only think about the, th- the few things they, they don't even want to think about that either. Uh, but they always want to say that, you know, there's hundreds of fulfilled prophecies in the Bible. And then you say, oh, yeah, give me one. And they usually can't. Yeah. Yeah, they'll they'll if they if they try to give you anything at all, then they tell me that uh, well Israel was prophesied to become a nation in one day yes. and twenty five hundred years later, they did that on purpose to fulfill that fantasy. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's that hardly counts, I think, especially since the original prophet seems to have been talking about some other you know sometime like uh, in the BC. I believe uh, one of them was talking about how it was supposed to be under the time of Ezra, for example. But uh, if you, give me another example of a fulfilled fra- prophecy. Well, Matthew talks about Isaiah 7 being fulfilled in the birth of Jesus. Really? Okay, well, let's look at Isaiah 7. And Isaiah 7, well, says that a maiden, not a virgin, uh, is with child, and she's going to have a baby. And by the time the baby is old enough to decide whether it prefers curds or honey, then the king will know that his Palestinian and... Um, and Syrian enemies are no longer a threat to him. So we're talking about an unremarkable kid who lived and died centuries before Jesus, who had no magic powers. He's not talking about Jesus. He's talking about some kid because prophets have to talk in the weird, mystical way of, of saying within the next two years. He could have said that. Within, next, within two years, you realize you don't have a problem anymore. But 
and, and so, but he has dementia to kid mm-hmm. from an unmarried maiden. So it's a bastard child on top of that, but then they translate that into, into virgin somehow and then decide that they must be talking about Jesus, even though if you read the prophecy, it makes no damn sense, can't possibly be talking about Jesus. And that prophecy failed every possible way that it could because the Palestinian and Syrian kings raided Killed everyone and sacked everything. <laughs> <laughs> so much for the field pro- prophecy. I mean, yeah. it, so it, it, and ask for a third example, you know, and it's, it gets to be really hard to find one. Yeah. So as as I showed in the video, I mean, I asked a handful of people on uh, on Twitter, for example, I say, "Hey, Christians, give me your favorite examples of fulfilled prophecies." And what I got back was so empty. I mean, the, the most strained contortion you can imagine. It's like it's like when you're, if you're into any kind of a mystical woo at all, you will train your mind to see just beyond what your eyes can see, which means you make up shit. Yeah, that's that's literally what it is. You just attune yourself to do the the, the confirmation bias and the neg- and the positive feedback loop until you convince yourself that you're seeing things that aren't there, mm-hmm. and that's the way they read prophecy. And if you're reading a story. Uh, about let's say King David talks about how he's being surrounded by his enemies, and there's two possible translations there. They're hunting him like an animal with their hunting dogs, so they have him surrounded by their dogs. And one translation is they pierce his hands and feet, and he appears to be talking about the dogs here. And the other translation is like a lion, they are at my hands and feet, which both essentially mean the same thing. I understand that there's a there's a single mark in the original language. It's a it's an upstroke that makes the difference between whether it's like a lion or whether it's pierced. But it doesn't make any difference to the story either way. He's being surrounded by dogs who are biting at his hands and feet. Either translation, that's what it means. But the Christians, somehow, because it says pierced his hands and feet, they take this whole story about David which is always talking about David until it gets right up to this line, and this line suddenly becomes a prophecy about Jesus. How? Why? Because it pierced his hands and feet. That's not a prophecy. <laughs> no, it's not. It certainly isn't. It's not remotely a prophecy. I mean, and this was somebody, this, this is their favorite prophecy. Yeah, it's kind How of weak empty sauce. and stupid is that? <laughs> I, the one I prefer is the one they say, yes, the Messiah will be born and his name will be Emmanuel. Yeah, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that totally works, right? <laughs> yeah, because his name, because Emmanuel means God with us, like every other fucking king. <laughs> they yeah. worshipped every t- every damn king. I mean, all of all of these Semitic kings, they were all the messengers of God and so forth. And that's even that's even one of the translations in one of these prophets. Mm-hmm. You know that 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 a king will be born, and he will uh, be the Christians interpret it as he will be mighty God. And, but another, but the other translation is that he's is has the might of God, mm-hmm. or he is the messenger of God. And that's the way it is in the Septuagint. So again, you you have to you have to really. We know that Christians like to read their Bible between the lines. Oh yes. So I mean, like in Genesis, but in Genesis one, there's like two verses where you can stab in, but where it doesn't say anything at all. You can put in all kinds of stuff about how the the devil ruled the earth for you know sixty five million years or however long. And the the the, the the dinosaurs are really demons, and, and, and all this, they cram four billion years of 
nonsense into a space between two verses where it didn't say anything. So you read between the lines, and then you don't read the lines. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh. So they will put in things that the Bible doesn't say, clearly does not say. And I have these arguments all the time. where they say, Well, the Bible says, really, it does? Where does it say that? And they can't show me where it says that. But then when I say what the Bible says, they say, it doesn't say that. And I'll go, oh, yeah, it does. I'll show you right there. And they, they will close the book, or they will flee the building. <laughs> <laughs> I so want to see that. I so want to see somebody flee from Arn. I Run so away from your problems. Arn, you, you're taking it out of context. I'm so sorry. You just don't understand. Yeah, there's the thing. The prophecy <laughs> has to be out of context. It has to suddenly no longer be a story about David because there's one sentence that had the word pierced hands and feet, which means now suddenly we're talking about Jesus. What? what because we were reading about David until somebody saw a squirrel? <laughs> 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 oh goodness! Yeah, so I highly recommend that people watch your latest video and all your videos, by the way, because I think they're just fantastic. Uh, but today, I just wanted to quickly have just a regular chat, Arn, because you're such a great guy and such a normal guy. I just oh, want to have a quick chat of you know, <laughs> you've been on the forefront of atheism for over a decade now, and uh, I just wanted your 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 opinions of. What do you think has changed? What's what's uh, progress? Are we doing better? Are we doing worse? What's what's good? What's not? What are your well, what over are your the thoughts? last? I, if I were to take the entire last year, or I'm excuse me, the last ten years mm-hmm. that you mentioned, we've definitely done worse. <laughs> I mean, uh, we we haven't made much progress. Uh, things have we've been struggling against the mud as we mire into the quicksand even worse. Wow, that's that's kind of the way that it's been. Uh, and we've had a, a number of serious downturns. And it seems that just humanity is like this. I mean, I saw Sam Harris say uh, recently that, that the problem, the reason we have Trump was he he wanted to blame the left. Mm. And here's a strange thing. He identifies as being on the left himself. Mm-hmm. So how is the problem the left? If I don't get that. I'm on the left. <laughs> I think the problem actually is more on the right. <laughs> With you know the the religious right, the right wing politics, the the people who who value corporate profits over human rights, I, that, that's kind of the thing. The guys who deny science, the guys who reject education, the ones who want to say that there is no global warming because that impacts my my profits for the next fiscal quarter, and that's all that matters. Not like humanity. Yeah, of course. You know, so that's where I think the problem is. I mean, politically, the you know, yeah, I hope that that's what you meant was you know in in our political uh, environment has certainly gotten a lot worse and i i everybody's to blame for this it's not any one side i mean the i i i blame the democrats for screwing up the election oh god yes. and and allowing us to get trump you know and, and and the reasons are too obvious to go into if for some reason there were some people who couldn't understand this in 2016 but are you know begrudgingly admitting the fact of the matter now yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, it was a whole bunch of people that decided that they hated Hillary so much that if they can't vote for for Bernie, they're going to vote for Trump. And then there was people that were going to vote for Trump anyway because they're just dumb as rocks, and they want to hate people. I don't understand. That's the big thing that I've noticed is people want to hate people all at once. Just they just want to hate things, right? And I saw Bill Maher say recently that uh, he wants to he wants to be in a world where they just have a day where there's no outrage. Mm. 
it would be nice. I don't react to things like the, the way that other people do. I mean, they're so very sensitive about things. And the, the word snowflake was invented by the right to apply up supposedly to people on the left. But all I've seen my entire life is the snowflakes on the right yes. who are so easily offended by every damn thing. Oh, gays exist. Ah, I'm offended. <laughs> right? I mean... <laughs> You know, you, you can't come into my golf course because you're not white enough. You know, that those sorts of things. The peop, other people get their, their underwear up their crack over things that don't matter at all to me. Yeah. And the only thing that ever pisses me off is lying to people, especially when you lie to them and they believe you. When, they, when you convince other people, when you fool people in, in, into buying your snake oil or whatever the hell it is. Your fifty-four million. That's the only yet? thing that really bothers me. So you can imagine how the how the 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 Trump administration has given me so much fuel to keep on as an activist because that guy lies five times every interview. <laughs> yes. Minimum. Minimum. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, come on, Aaron. I mean, surely, surely you'll agree that you know some people do need fifty-four million dollar jets to continue preaching the word of God, don't they? <laughs> I don't. Uh, there was a, a wonderful little saying that I don't remember the attribution now. Uh, when people said, or someone said that, if you um, if you try to improve someone else's life, if you if you look to the value of someone else, you'll find that your own life greatly improves, and the world as a standard greatly improves. And yeah, that, there's a number of ways to put it. I've heard it actually phrased by different philosophers different ways. But you know, being a little bit selfless, the way that I said it was, if you want your life to have meaning, try making someone else's life meaningful. Mm-hmm. Because ultimately, whether we're judged by whether there was a God or not doesn't make any difference. History is going to be our judge. Yes. Either way, it doesn't matter if your God exists you're still going to be judged by history and you're still going to be governed by human laws. Not God's laws, you're governed by human laws. Mm-hmm. And just like the Bible says, the sinners will be punished in this life, not in the next. Because yeah. the Bible actually says that, just nobody pays any attention, because you know why? They read between the lines and then don't read the lines. <laughs> but you're also a man <laughs> who's been traveling abroad, so what are you talking about? Uh, you know, you think we're getting worse in these in the past decade. Is that just a local phenomenon in the U.S., or do you think it's worldwide? Uh, well, I think it's worldwide. Oh, really? Uh, there, there's, yeah, it, that, that's the sad thing. It's happening even in Europe. And I don't just mean the shift to religiosity. Uh, it's not just religion. It's it's the shift away from, um, I don't want to say necessarily academic, though it is certainly that. Uh, the, the real problem is, is shifting away from truth to make up whatever you want and just lie on purpose as often as possible until you convince people this is an epidemic that I see going on worldwide and it's self-serving sadly we as a species have in the last decade become noticeably more selfish individually than ever we have been that's the disturbing thing and we're at a point now where when you get over 7 billion people on the exponential growth rate that we are currently on Mm -hmm. It's possible to sustain that, but only if you're selfless and extremely efficient, which we are neither. Mm -hmm. So we are all about bringing as many souls unto the Lord as we can to have as many babies possible that we can't feed or educate or employ 
Uh, we just want to bring all of the have as many people as possible so that we have more consumers for goods that they can't afford to buy because we've created this positive feedback loop. And then we will overfish the oceans yeah. until you know and and let's not even get into the environmental aspect because I could probably spend two hours just talking about the environment. <laughs> Nobody wants to hear a word about that <laughs> because it's because it's the scariest story yeah. we can tell right now. Oh, I totally agree. I totally agree. I don't think I don't think people talk enough about it. And of course, uh, here in Canada, we're always having a, a very careful look at our neighbors to the south, our biggest trading partner, and we're always very worried about what's going on down there. Obviously, I mean, I I, I often say that you, the U.S. to me, anyway, as a Canadian, it looks like you guys are like two steps away from becoming a theocracy. It really is that close. I don't even think we're two steps away. Once I don't think we're that far. It's 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 gotten so very close. I mean, the 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 line has been compromised so many times. What well, the the wall of separation. You know, is is not even a chain link fence. It's it's got several doors in it now. Oh wow! Yeah. So is there is there any way politically that you guys can uh, reinvent a quote unquote Johnson Amendment or rebuild? Well, that there's going to be a lot of reinvention necessary, but mm-hmm. because, uh, and this is where we get really mad about the the Democratic issue in the, in the last election, giving us Hillary instead of um, instead of Bernie. Because I was thinking, well, finally, we're going to start doing the things we should have been doing 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. Finally, we're going to start addressing the problems that were urgent 20 years ago. And just people are so myopic, they can't see that they can't they can't extrapolate from, you know, from these patterns on these graphs. You see what's coming, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and when now that we got Trump, we did not have 4 years to go speeding in the wrong direction. This and, and it wasn't it wasn't good enough to continue in the wrong direction and go there more slowly, which was the Hillary plan, where she was talking about incremental change. Mm-hmm. No, it's urgent and it needs to be opposite direction and it, it and it needs to be a lot more extreme. Yeah, and people are not ready for that because nobody wants change. They don't understand that you can't stay where we are. This will not continue. It's like you have your refrigerator full of groceries on your day that you get your paycheck, right? Yeah. I mean, you've got you've got money in your bank account the day you get paid. You feel safe. You feel secure. Now go back to the end of the month mm-hmm. or the end of whatever your pay period is. You know, like you know, a couple of days beforehand. Where are you now? Mm-hmm. How secure are you? Yeah. Right. Now think about you don't know that you've got another payday. The, Really, that this is the way we have to be looking at the future. If you see these, you, you see the numbers lining up. You see the way that things are patterning. You can see where this is going. You can, you're on a road. You can see where the road goes. If you're on a train and you can see the tracks go off a cliff, and the bridge is out, you don't have to wait out the whole ride to know what's going to happen to the train. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's that's a pretty grim picture you're 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 putting us into there. Uh. I well, like I said, nobody that. wants to hear that because it's the scariest story there is. It is. It is. Absolutely is. And uh, sometimes, uh, as, as Canadians, we, we're we looking at this with a lot of dread, unfortunately. Uh, well, let me, let me see if I can put that on a positive note, that if, if that's at all possible. This is one of the reasons that Elon Musk is my favorite living human right now. <laughs> I know. I love him. Yeah, because he, he's made these sacrifices of himself for the betterment of humanity. Now... He's an uber dork in many respects, and and the you know a super nerd, but the guy did at least defy you know our our how, what derogatory adjective can I apply to our fossil fuel industry? 
But these people don't want people to have electric cars. They want, to, they want you to believe that there's not enough lithium in the world to give people electric cars. They definitely don't want anybody to have mass transit systems, so they fight against that too. They want everything to be dependent on oil, even though we've consumed a planet's worth in a century. Yeah. Just, just we, we've wiped out virtually all these wells. I mean, how, mu- how much do we have left? Not a lot. What, another century maybe? Yeah. And certainly not at this rate. Yeah, a lot of people it, think... It's, an- it's another century if we ration it. Yeah, a lot of people think we've reached peak oil at this point, and this is why we have to go into deeper, deeper trenches off off the coast. And And that's why they have to do fracking, and they have to do offshore drilling. And I've talked to petrogeologists who say that that's it. They know where all the oil is. There's not new wells to find. They found them all. They've expended most of them. We're running out. Hmm. And so rather than keep everybody addicted to to big-ass 400-horsepower cars, why not go to electric, right? So so Elon creates the electric car that rolls up and smokes every internal combustion engine there is. Mm-hmm. So did you hear about the new Roadster? Uh, no, I have not. Okay, well, it'll go from Los Angeles to San Francisco and back at highway speed on a single charge. Seriously? That's, that, that's, that's, that's awesome. the incredible battery power of the new Roadster. It also is the world's fastest production car ever <laughs> at 0 to 60 at 1.9. Wow. That's less than two seconds. Yeah. Wow. And the top speed is classified. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> All they will tell you is that it will go in excess of 250 miles an hour. And I think that might be because there may be a law against marketing cars that go over 300. <laughs> wow. And if you make a donation to Aaron's Patreon right now, you're entered for winning one of these roasters. <laughs> go to AaronRawPatreon.com. <laughs> well, it's actually Patreon.com. If- Patreon.com forward slash A-R-O-N-R-A. Okay. And believe me, I need all the support I can get. My apologies, my apologies. Yeah, so, so I don't know. I, I, I kind of like to look at the silver lining of things. Maybe this is time, you know, as dark as these times can be. Maybe it's the dusk before the dawn, right? It's going to get worse. It, you think we, so, huh? I, I agree. I also think it's going to get worse. Because... Really? Yeah. Well, it, think, of, think of like, I think it's going to get a lot worse. Think of like a drug addict. You, they need to hit rock bottom a lot of times. Oh, you think Trump's not rock bottom for us? No, I don't. Really? Jeez, how deep like, can this thing go? The thing is, he still has support. The world, like, there are still people who are ignoring the problems. Hmm. It's going to have to get to a point probably where there you can't ignore it. Unless I, you're like actually, I don't know. I crazy. mean, the, the man's gone to the point like we were talking uh, previously before ta- talking to Arn. The man is now doing a trade war against us. I mean, how 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 much can you start putting your allies in the same pocket as your enemies without some serious consequences to your, your country and your economy? I don't think the Republican Party has has gotten everything out of their agenda yet I, because they're sitting by and enabling this. They're allowing it to happen. I think when it finally begins to hurt them and maybe the midterms you know, do something, I think then maybe there'll be a wake-up call. But I, I, I'm kind of like, I'm with Aaron, with Aaron. I just don't think the wake-up call is going to be in the next week or two. Yeah, it's going to have to be some strongly motivated people. 
And as I said, the, the, the whole thing about conservatism is wanting to keep things the way they are mm-hmm. or keep things or go back to the good old days, Whatever neither of which is possible. The good old days were not good. The no. good old days was when everything was worse for everybody else and Except only white straight, <laughs> white, heterosexual, Protestant, Christian men had rights. Yeah, that's That was the good old days. And there's no sense in going back mm-hmm. to that, and it wouldn't be possible to go back to that. There are there are hard figures you have to figure out on having 8 billion people on the planet and what we eat and how we eat and how we process that food. That We could just talk about the processing of food, you know, production of and processing of food and what that does to the environment. People, people have to understand that we do have an impact on the environment. Mm-hmm. The, the, the atmosphere was created by microbes. You know, very slowly over over billions of years, and we are so outperforming what microbes could do with all of our industries and our millions and millions of automobiles all around the world. We are dramatically affecting that atmosphere at a much faster rate, mm-hmm. doing in a hundred years what it took microbes a billion years to do. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, and, and and that's being exacerbated by. Uh, Scott Pruitt and people like that who are um, slashing all of the regulations just as fast as they can so that yeah. people can put money in their pocket regardless of what happens to f- future generations. It, it, it is, it's horrific. Uh, if there is a silver lining, Aaron, just, you know, let, let's talk about a little of that. Sure, so we sure have you don't want to move here to Vancouver, Aaron? I mean, yeah. you're always welcome. <laughs> uh, Vancouver is actually prime on our list of places to move but we can't afford it yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. 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 my, my wife and i are very seriously <laughs> looking at leaving the country yeah. Yeah. just move um, to the fraser valley a, a couple yeah. a couple years ago i picked up a, a, a and, his, and his wife at the airport and yeah. brought him to the civl studios yeah. and the interview he was very kind yeah no living was, in vancouver is ridiculous yeah it's expensive ridiculous uh, yeah. expensive. But come come to BC anyway. We'll, yeah, exactly. We'll, we'll <laughs> do everything Canada, we can. Yeah. We'll party with you for <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, come on uh, up here right, and party. It, my, my wife found a place in Norway that was a little bit north oh, of Oslo, which uh, which is also awesome. grotesquely expensive. But there was this one town that, that uh, said they could actually afford to have a few more people, and they mm-hmm. said that they were inviting Americans who wanted to flee Trump. <laughs> That, we have the same policy awesome. up here in Canada. <laughs> yeah, and so one of the options is uh, my wife wants to move, to, uh, oddly enough, to Da Nang. Da Nang? Yep, so I, I looked at some images and I thought, okay, well, we've got a full-on city with skyscrapers and everything, and she says she's found apartments and such that are on the beach that are cheaper than where we live. Let's just consider staying in a beachside apartment in Vietnam for a while. I mean, I'll, I'll experiment with that. <laughs> sure, why not? Yeah. But, but isn't, isn't there a part of you that wants to stay in the States and continue the, the activism without continue the fight, you yeah. know, having to be an activist at the side of the There's pool, only so far the side you can of the go. water with the umbrella and the drink in your hand? Come on, you got to get a... No, that's, 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 not what I was, that's not really what I was talking about. And yes, I want to be in the fight. I'm happy to be in Texas so that I can be in the... In the fire, so to speak, you know, where you know, I'm, I'm being encouraged to move anywhere else. You know, uh, my my daughter's in Washington State, and everybody wants me to go up there. Um, and I wouldn't be as involved because I wouldn't be able to just drive down to Austin and do another petition, put out a, another, you know, picket sign or, or you know, testify before the House or whatever. Yeah. And I, I enjoy being able to do those things. 
But the, the problem that I have is that, as I said, we've been sliding backward into that mire. And it all depends on the midterms. If people actually have woken up and 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 go out and learn how to vote like Republicans do, mm-hmm. then maybe we got a shot. Yeah. But if if we get the same abysmal, you know, apathetic turnout that we've had in in past years, it's point. It's always what I've said. You know, there there is no way that conservatives can actually win an election if everybody votes. Because most people are actually not conservatives, by far. I mean, yeah. you, you might even have between a quarter and a third of the population of either one of our countries, whether it's Canada or the U.S., are actually conservatives. But they always vote. So if The, the, the people- worst problem that we've had for the last few elections here in Texas yes. is voter apathy. And especially the thing I hate the most, which I haven't heard since Trump was elected, was the people bellyaching and whining that it's a broken system and don't, don't vote because you're contributing to a broken system. Yes. Which basically means... Bend over and spread them. <laughs> That's a bad image. <laughs> All right, you Debbie yeah. Downers, let's move on to something else then. <laughs> Instead of politics, let's just focus on atheism. Arn, here you you were one of the inspirations for this very show. And for lots of people out there, the next generation, and we're talking about like you and Matt and Seth and, and, and you know, all the, the big names, you guys inspired an entire generation of new podcasters and people to go out there and be activists. You can't tell me that in the past decade we haven't improved a bit on that part. Well, like I said, some people have uh, have, have demonstrated some awareness you know, I, I, I hesitate to say have woken up at all, becoming you know, at best some are groggy. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe looking around, rubbing their eyes and going, really, what the hell happened? Yeah, exactly. That <laughs> That's where people are. But, you know, I do want to be positive in that we can fix things. It's, it's going to take work. And the longer we follow the Trumpistan plan, the worse it's going to be. Yes. The more work we're going to have to do to fix it, as it is. We're already going to have to have executive overrides on, like, Supreme Court orders and such, because how else are we going to fix uh, um, the – I forget the name of the thing where the the corporations are people. Oh, the – Hobby Lobby. Hobby Lobby. Yeah, thank you. No, 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 no. It's – I, that that may be the the yeah it's the same case but I'm I'm talking about the the, the name of the, oh, the decision the Thirteenth Amendment no no I, let's not dwell on it okay. I, I I can't believe I've I've heard it and said it so many times and yet it doesn't come to mind when I want it to so <laughs> let's just leave it it's the Canadian beer Citizens beer. United sorry Citizens United oh thank you thank you yeah <laughs> so there's a number of things that the that the Supreme Court did to us. You know, some bad decisions there that need to be remedied, and how are you going to fix those? Hmm. And there are going to be more. Yeah, because when you think he's, he still has like three years. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Minimum. And he, he has the plan of stocking every office with the least capable personnel <laughs> or people who are actually determined to destroy the office yeah. that they've been assigned. Oh, come on. John Bolton is a fantastic man, is he not? Look at that mustache. <laughs> uh, well, my, my optimism, believe it or not, my optimism actually extends to the fact that I don't think he's going to make it all the way through. I don't know whether it's going to be impeachment or resignation or treason, something. Mm. It, it's so overt at this point. It's just going to take the will to get him out of there. 
but I, I, I really don't think he's going to serve out his term. Again, you do you think we need going? the we need the midterms? Yeah, yeah. for sure. But do, you, do, do you think do you think that the chances are more in favor of him serving out or his, his getting tossed? The only advantage that Trump has is that Pence is not as incompetent as Trump is. He's a worse human being in many ways, but he's not as incompetent. <laughs> he, yeah, he, even though he's the more, uh, arguably, the more moral standing, or he's the one bragging about being, he has he has a better right, I guess, to brag about being moral than Trump does. Yep. You know, uh, at least by somebody's criteria. But he's actually a, a worse person in some respects, oh, not yes. all. Uh, but he's more dangerous than Trump is because he's not as incompetent as Trump is. Yeah. And nobody nobody wants Pence. Yeah. Because Trump is more likely to be very vocal about what he's doing. Because he wants yeah, to Yeah, and brag. it doesn't change much, though, because we still have Pence. Even if, if Trump is the president, what does he really run? We know that he's True. being manipulated as well. He flips on positions more often than Hillary did. Mm-hmm. And he comes out and one day and says that he's going to stand up to the NRA, and then the next minute he's on his knees before them. Yeah. Okay, but I'm I'm, pull, I'm pulling this back because you guys just went back into politics. So Sorry, I'm expressing we just like to talk about politics, especially okay, so when I'm taking we're control connected. of the show again. There, I said, okay, we were talking about atheism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you can't make me. When I when I look at the past, just the past four years that we've been doing this show. I have met so many giants of intellect, including yourself, Arn. You know, so many fantastic people. You know, I remember offering you those beers, those Canadian beers, and you were so gracious and so kind. And then you put me in a headlock, and that was great. And <laughs> I, you know, I I can't look back at the f- past four years and think that, you know, if this if, if I had not got involved by being inspired by people like yourself and Seth and Matt and all that. This never would have happened. You guys literally made my life very, very different and much, much better. And my eyes were definitely opened to a bigger world, even though I was not a uh, a theist. I was still an atheist, but I was, you know, just living ordinary li- my ordinary life. I'm much more aware of what goes on there. So I gotta thank you and all these the 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 ones that have come before me. And I can't. I I have a hard time agreeing with you saying that we've that things are worse now than they were four to ten years ago if you look back over the last ten years collectively Mm -hmm. we are in a worse situation now socially you know socially and politically than we were and economically and environmentally Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) than 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 we were ten years ago oh I tried to stay positive (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Though I, I think speaking That's if you look out over the last 10 years. Okay. Now, if you look at the, the last year. Okay. There has been progress in the last year. All right. Okay. So let's focus on that. <laughs> All right. The last year. <laughs> give, give it to me. Give me the last year then. Well, we, we have, we've had, had, as I said, some people getting a little bit groggy and looking around and saying, what, what did we do last night? Yeah, <laughs> uh, that, that, that kind of thing. We're, we're, for example, when I ran for state Senate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did that because for the last three election cycles, there hasn't been any Democratic op- opposition at all. This is the only time I, I ever identified as a Democrat was when I ran as one. Uh, but 
there was no Democratic opposition. It was always the Republican running unopposed. Yes. There would be a Republican primary, and you just choose which Republican you're going to vote for. That was ultimately what it came down to. And I decided that it wasn't going to be that way this time. And mine was the first name in the hat. But what the Democratic offices and everything that I was talking to told me was that uh, so suddenly there's four other guys running for the same office as me, four other Democrats. Mm. That's awesome. That nobody could run for the last six, seven, eight years? Yeah, exactly. And suddenly five at once. And the Democratic uh, activists and everything, the different offices that I was talking to said that they were seeing that across the board, that they had unprecedented uh, influx of donations and volunteers and activists and the number of people running for public office, Dem Democrats running for public office, exceeds anything we've ever seen before. Mm. So we're very hopeful. Now, I'm always worried about voter apathy because like, people just don't understand anything so they don't know when they're supposed to go do this thing, or they want to pretend that it doesn't matter. I'm just one person. My vote doesn't count. Yeah, look how many people were whose elections were overturned by like 25 people or something like exactly, that. Exactly, exactly. Right? There was an election that was decided. There was a, a election in Texas. I don't remember for what office, but it, it made the news because it was decided by one vote. Yeah. So, I, I will run again. I mean, I, I, dro I dropped out this time because uh, one of the other candidates was like a golden boy who had all of the all of the backing of the Democratic Party. He was the one they wanted, yep. and he's got a real shot at it. Yeah. And if there's somebody who can actually win it, and he agrees on, he's polit you know, politically we're aligned. You know, I've talked to him a number of times, and he's he and I are on the same page as far as taking care of people, and and not doing what, what what it seems the republicans want to do is be all about infringing on other people's rights yeah now anytime i mention that i that anything democratic or that i'm on the left or anything that i that i say politically the you know the right wingers or the libertarians want to say that you know that i'm somehow infringing on their liberties but actually it's the it's the republicans who are doing all of that Right? They, they, they say they want smaller government, but they want a bigger gov they want such a big government that it's in everybody's bedroom, that it mandates everything you do. Mm -hmm. you know And so again, we went into politics. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I've um, given up trying to steer back to atheism at this point. With, with you talking about how in the, this last year, so many more people have been running for office, do you think that people seeing Donald Trump? coming like having no political knowledge whatsoever and being very like someone who isn't involved in politics before this do you think people saw that and realized that oh okay well if he can do it that i'm smarter than him then i can yeah. do this yeah there's i mean because who is who wouldn't be a better sovereign leader than donald trump i mean really just <laughs> yeah. stand anybody next to that guy you know, what are, what are your options on whether or not they're going to be a better leader than he is? You know, I saw a uh, political sign yesterday in Ontario on Facebook, which was just fantastic because it said, vote for General Zod, oh the lesser gosh. of two evils. And I thought that was just fantastic. <laughs> uh, I, my favorite one was a vote for Cthulhu. <laughs> Cthulhu's yeah. good. And it says, why vote for the lesser evil? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we let you go, let's, let's quickly talk about your uh, phylogeny project. Give us an update on that. How is that going? Uh, it, that's kind of amazing. Um, we, we still haven't unveiled it to the public. We we're hoping to do that, I think, in October. Um, I'm gonna, I have been invited to present at, or to 
to basically un unveil it to uh, or, or announce it to the public at a tetrapod zoology conference oh my gosh, that in London. Amazing. Yeah, this I'm I'm stoked because it'll be I'm giving a scientific presentation at a at a conference of scientists, uh, and it's not an atheist or skeptic or or rationalist or humanist event. It's just straight up science. And I've never done that one before, so I'm I'm stoked about that. But we have uh, quite a large team now, and it's not just doing the data entry. Uh, we have tens of thousands. I'm not sure how many right now of uh, of species entered in you know extant and extinct. We're like including every everything we can verify for physical evidence, mm -hmm. um, and it's it's voluminous. But there have been some changes made to the database recently to give it another uh, feeling of depth. It's uh, it's now possible to change the depth. For, you know, we could go uh, six clades in. Well, now we can change it to nine, and we can also zoom out of the page to see the whole thing, which is kind of a huge wow. change. And it, it really gives you a, a better sense of the enormity of it all. Um, sure, I, I'm, I'm really, I'm really impressed with it. We the, the second level of this was supposed to be where uh, individual clades would have illustrations and graphic, uh, um, uh, descriptive depictions and things like that, and that'll come. Mm -hmm. uh, that that wasn't the first goal. The first goal was to to was to put down everything we could. And we've got one guy that's a beekeeper, for example, has been working with us for the last month or two, just putting in the twenty thousand species of bees. Wow! Wow! <laughs> That's just a bees. <laughs> That's just bees. Yeah. It's just a bees. <laughs> and then, of course, you can get into uh, all, when when we get into beetles. You know, that'll be oh, incredible gosh. too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and section for Ringo. So people have been ball. fleshing out wherever their area of interest is, and once we go public, well, then the parameters will change, and instead of being our uh, our autodidact group of volunteers, it will the the project will be um, the new people entering data will be professional scientists mm -hmm. that's so awesome that's gonna be yeah and good. so it, it's becoming it, it will be my my contribution to science there are a number of other websites that, that have very pretty graphics it's very pretty to look at for the clade tree but they don't teach you anything and they don't actually have a um, scientific value and there's a couple of others like uh, fossil works and uh, another one of the names evade me but uh, they they have scientific value but they're not very informative or educational and so we're combining all of that hopefully to to be the ultimate phylogenetic guide that will be interlinked with uh, wikipedia um so that you know, wikipedia will start referencing us more and more okay. instead of using their own cladograms which often contradict each other mm -hmm. yeah and so we, we, we figured out really quickly we can't base anything on Wikipedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can understand that. Yeah, so we've had to find a number of diff different sources. But I'm really happy with it, with, with what we've done so far and where it can go. So in October, when this comes out, you coming back on the show, are you telling us more about it? I'll be in London. Oh, okay, well, when you come back from London, then. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah, if people want to, huh? if people want to find out more about you and they want to contribute to the project and all that, where can they where can they reach you? Uh, I right now the the project uh, we're going to work on some kind of funding things later on, but right now it's all volunteer, mm. and uh, we've we've got some uh, entrepreneurs that are covering the server space, and I think we just moved to a a free server, and I'm not sure how we're managing that, but uh, it but the migration's already been made and it's all holding up. 
uh, and we built all the securities into it, and hopefully it's not going to cost what it had been originally predicted to cost. Uh, there are some things we're going to get funds for, but we don't have that mapped out yet. For myself personally, you can support my efforts at patreon.com forward slash A-R-O-N-R-A, and I really do need all the support I can get. Absolutely. So if, if you can, if I make six videos a month. My patrons pay, you know, don't, or donate a, a dollar per video, for example. You, of course, you can do more, but if you can afford $6 a month, please, you know, sign up to Patreon. And you can also cap that. So if you want to just give like $10 a month or whatever, you can post for the first video and not for the other ones. Though I would prefer to not make that sixth video for free. So <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So I do a couple of podcast interviews, and I do the Systematic Classification of Life video series, which is explaining explaining taxonomy. Uh, I just uploaded episode 30 Mm -hmm. on that, and uh, there's a dozen or so episodes left in that series. And then, of course, I do the Pratt List, and we've got a couple of other series that we're going to be restarting, and a new new one going to be starting up soon. We'll announce those shortly. Fantastic. Arn, before I let you go, i got to have you say, Hi, I'm Arn Ron. I took a left in the valley. Hi, I'm Aaron Ron. I took a left at the valley. And that was him, his Ronus, Aaron Raw. Always, always a great time with him. Yeah, it really is. Regardless of what he's talking about, he brings so much of himself. He brings so much wisdom. He brings a good... Even when he's unhappy about things, he does it in a, pos- in a positive way moving forward, you know? You know, I, I don't know if it's just me being trying to be positive here. I'm not going to say I totally agree with his, his assessment. Yeah, I, things are dark and things are bleak, but, you know, I, I, I have a hard time completely agreeing with what he was saying there. But it's his rawness. I, I think the the this next, next six to twelve months. You guys are just a really bunch of Debbie gonna, Downers. Just admit it. Really gonna. I'm the only one positive here. Show what's gonna happen. <laughs> well, we'll know in a year. You yeah. Know, let, we'll see what happens with his project in October. We'll talk with him after that, after the elections, and we'll see what happens. Yeah. Exactly. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Nick, thank you so much for being with us. Rom, thank you. And you survived. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can follow us at leftatthevalley.com. You can follow us at Twitter or at LATV Podcast. On Facebook, you can send us an email at leftatvalleyatoutlook.com. You can send your uh, complaints to Nancy on the third floor. And if you need a personal trainer, I recommend Nick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, give us a five star review wherever you find us it really helps the show If uh, next week we'll be talking to a couple of atheists from a show called Odd Atheist Friends hmm. that should be interesting uh-huh. and we'll, we'll be talking to the author of the Holy Kool-Aid channel which is Thomas Whisbrook on this podcast here and now and then on the 23rd we'll be talking to the sultry voice of Seth Andrews and we'll be essentially asking the same question that we ask Arn today. So it'll be interesting to compare. Oh, yeah. What Seth says as compared to Arn. And let's see. And, of course, in July, we'll be talking to Scott Marshall about Love Explained. Oh. Yeah. It hasn't been explained enough? Apparently not. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can always use a, a, a more, more Love Explained. Right? More love and more explanation. You bet. <laughs> Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Au revoir. Congress, rather be alone than surrounded by damn idiots. As long as there's a price in my body, you can bet your last dollar. I'll be working hard fighting this problem. Religion is a disease. It comes from culture. 
Only true on a regional scale Science is universal For you to say that Horus isn't real But Jesus is Or Zeus, Thor, Mithra, Vishnu You don't believe in them I think the reason is apparent You do what you're told And believe in the God assigned by your parents I'm proud to be an atheist A skeptic, a non-believer An infidel, a heathen I call it how I see it Let it be known. 